Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous. Today, with our Q&A with Bishop Julian, we are delving into what possibly one of the most controversial topics we've had so far. So I hope you've got your seatbelts on, folks. You are here with Jeremy Ambrose. Hello, good people. And myself, Javina Graham. And today, together with Bishop Julian Porteous, we will be exploring the topic of climate change. Now, climate change around the world, throughout all different ages at, at the present moment, is one of the hot button issues. Does it exist? Is it due to man-made um, resources and, and pollution? Is it a myth? What is the science? There is science both ways. So Bishop, in the midst of all this, what should be a Catholic's approach to the issue of climate change? Giovanni, you're, you're certainly right in saying that the question of climate change is, uh, is one that's very controversial, um, not only because it, it deals with the question of the potential dramatic change in the world's climate, but it also then devolves into all sorts of um, political and economic uh, approaches that have been taken to address this supposed change in, in climate. <clears throat> so it is very important um, for us to, to consider, do we have, does the church have a, a formal uh, position on climate change? Uh, does the church uh, adopt certain policies um, with regard to climate change? I think the first thing that, that I would say is that uh, this is a matter, firstly, for, for science and ultimately for pol politics and also for economics. But um, the whole question of climate change itself is something which uh, is a matter for scientists. And they are the ones who are going to do the the study, the research, and and uh, provide us with the information that that we do need, which can then guide our response. Having said that, as we're aware, th there is what is regarded as a consensus position, where whereby uh, mainly through the United Nations, a uh, intergovernmental um, group studied questions of climate change and took a particular position. However, since that position has been adopted, uh, there's been a much criticism of it by other groups of, of scientists. It seems to me wise, firstly, that the church wait until there is greater clarity about, uh, about the science uh, related to, to climate change. I think one of the things that, uh, that is important in this, in this issue is that, that Firstly, we don't become overly preoccupied. I know it's a, it is a major issue, but it receives so much attention, it receives so much press, and often very gloomy predictions are presented that uh, the, the, the world is heading for catastrophe. And also many things are immediately attributed to climate change that may have other explanations. So I think a good deal of prudence and balance is, is required at the present moment, generally in the debate, 
Um, and also, I think, from the point of view of the church, I think we need to, if you like, stand back a bit and have a closer look at, uh, at the science and what it's being said about the potential of uh, catastrophic climate change. Bishop Julian, does the church care about the environment? I mean, what does the church actually teach on issues related to the environment? Certainly, um, the question of, of environment has become a more important area of um, church reflection and church teaching in, in recent recent times. And um, one of the first things that we've done, as we always do when a particular issue is raised, we go back to the foundations of our faith. And in this regard, we, we need to go back to the accounts of of creation to, to to see what the scriptures themselves reveal to us about the relationship between ourselves as human beings and the environment which uh, which we live in and there's a couple of principles that uh, that emerge I think I think one of the principal ones is the concept of stewardship that when uh, God entrusted the earth to humanity, he did so in that sense of stewardship to say, utilize the earth, draw from it things for your own sustenance, so plant crops, harvest things, receive from the, the th from the environment things that you need to sustain yourself. But it has built into it this idea that we should also be wise stewards of the environment, so it's, it's we're not saying that we can just plunder the earth for whatever it's got to offer us and take no account of the effects that that may have upon the resources of the earth and also for provision for future generations. So I, I think, firstly, uh, in terms of the environment, appropriate stewardship means that we do take responsibility, and and that's part of our gift as human beings. We have intelligence. We have the capacity to make wise decisions. And I think the, the whole rise of the environmental movement and environmental questions has been very good because it has highlighted the fact that we do, as human beings, use our God-given gifts of intelligence, of, uh, of responsibility, to approach questions related to the environment. Okay, Bishop, so on a practical level, what, what should we be doing to be good stewards as, of, of the environment? I think the very beginning point uh, for being good stewards is that we, we do develop a consciousness of um, the fact that we should be using the resources of the world wisely. We should also be taking an approach to ensure that the way in which we go about using the resources of the world doesn't create um, degradation to the environment, which, which can be uh, extremely damaging for the future. And I think we also do need to look at the fact that we, we don't adopt the attitude of just plundering the earth for whatever we can get out of it, but we, we do exercise a greater sense of uh, responsibility. And so it can take shape, for instance, in uh, the fact that at the present moment, we're very conscious of trying to preserve energy, that uh, we can manufacture energy in, in, in a variety of ways. We need to make sure that we're not wasting energy. We're using energy wisely. We're, um, we're finding ways to generate energy that um, can be perhaps more sustainable for the future. 
Um, so I think basically we do need to say God has entrusted us with this planet. Now, this planet is, in fact, a finite reality. It, it's, it's also a planet that has remarkable capacity to be able to, um, to regenerate itself and, and to provide for things even when we do damage. Like, you know, we can cause a fair bit of pollution, but when we clean up the pollution, it's amazing how quickly the planet is able to be restored, the, clean, the water becomes cleaner. I think Sydney Harbour is a very good example of this. You know, the harbour's never been cleaner because we've adopted policies to clean the harbour and the fish have come back. The harbour has actually regenerated itself. So nature has a capacity to regenerate. We as human beings aware of that need to be doing all that we can to enable nature to be preserved and not unnecessarily damage or harm it. Uh, Bishop, I think this question sometimes comes into play, particularly for Catholics, because many Catholics tend to have larger families, and that's seen in some by some people as environmentally irresponsible. Is that necessarily the case? I, th I think uh, what the Lord said in the book of Genesis still remains true. Increase and multiply and fill the earth. Um, despite what people may say, people are concerned about population explosion and, and so on. What we've seen, and even though there have been dire predictions at different stages in history, what we've seen is that uh, we have actually been capable of sustaining greater and greater populations. Not to say that there aren't places of extreme poverty and extreme difficulty, of course there are. But it's, we can also say that, that the hum, human beings have the capacity of being able to, um, to, to develop in such a way that we can sustain larger and larger populations. I, I don't think we should adopt an attitude of saying that the world is overpopulated and we've got to control population. In fact, I think we need to be considerate of the fact that if we dramatically reduce population, as some countries are now facing, we're going to find ourselves going to a, what they call a demographic winter, whereby you'll have a very small population of younger people, and a very large population of older people. Economies won't be able to cope with that. And the old people, older people who have finished their, um, their working life could be severely handicapped. What we can see also, too, is that we're able to make extraordinary developments, say, in agriculture and, and so forth, whereby we're able to do so much more and, and, and produce so much more productivity to feed people today than we have 100 years ago. So I think our whole attitude should be that we do encourage population um, and we also continue on the tasks of development. We should be strongly committed to helping countries that are still developing to develop their, their, their resources, their economies, improve the way of life of people, provide better medical care, all those sorts of things. Um, we keep working seriously for development, but we have confidence that we have the ability as human beings while we are sinful, while we make a lot of mistakes, while we fail in, in, in different times in history to do it appropriately, we can continue to enable the world to provide for increasing populations of people.
Great. Well, I think we could talk forever about climate change, but thank you for taking this chance to explore such a hot button issue in, in such a cool manner. Thanks, Bishop Julian. Jeremy, we've come to our Did You Know uh, section again, and um, just ask you a question. When um, somebody around you sneezes, what's your instinctive reaction to the sneeze? Bless you. Yes, people say bless you. Now, that's a curiosity too, isn't it? Why, why is it that when somebody sneezes, and it's not, it's not only Catholics who do it, but we find it generally, don't we? Whenever somebody sneezes, the immediate reaction is bless you, which is a very nice thing to do but the reason for it is is associated it actually goes right back to um to roman times um when in the early church a, a plague broke out in rome and as you know people became aware that uh, that sometimes uh, that uh, plagues were transmitted by by people's um people sneezing or sneezing was also a sign that maybe somebody was coming down with the plague and so the instinctive reaction was to say bless you was to say firstly i hope you haven't got the plague uh and secondly if you have it's asking god's blessing upon you uh for the plague so it was connected with the um with the emergence of plague and just a natural christian response to somebody who seems to give an indication that maybe they've, they've caught the plague You've been listening to Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous. For more episodes, visit credio.org.au.